Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. I invite you to close your eyes and imagine. Imagine that there are no buildings, no roads, no cars, just the trees, plants, animals and the very first storytellers of this land, the Awabakal and Waramai people. I acknowledge them as the traditional custodians of this beautiful land in which we live. Welcome to Newcastle Libraries, your summer stories. Hi, this is Trent Dalton. Join me and Newcastle Libraries for your summer stories this season. My book, All Our Shimmering Skies, is one of your summer stories at Newcastle Libraries. Get your copy now. Trent Dalton has won several awards for both his journalism and fiction. His successful debut novel, Boy Swallows Universe, published in 2018, has been developed into a stage production by Queensland Theatre Company and film adaptation rights have also been secured. 2020 saw the release of another novel, All Our Shimmering Skies, which has provided a much-needed escape for readers. Trent Dalton, welcome to the podcast. Oh, what an honour. It's so great to be talking to you and, the, you know, and talking further and echoing to the amazing people of Newcastle. Molly Hook uh, is this motherless little girl, the daughter of the gravedigger. It's Darwin and it's 1942. Where did this idea for Molly's story come from? (laughs) That's such a good question. I'll try and keep it reasonably short, but there's so many places where she came from. The short answer, my youngest daughter comes home, Dan, um, from school one day. She's been talking to her teacher at school and the teacher has been reading Boy Swallows Universe. Now, that's a highly complex conversation for my youngest daughter to have because the teacher's suddenly become aware of possibly some of the background to that book and where she comes from and who her dad is and also who her grandma is who takes her to grandparents' day and that, um, you know, she's very much... The character in that book is very much inspired by my beloved mum who had some real wild times in the 1980s and kind of fell in love with heroin dealers and kind of, you know, did some time. They had some pretty interesting stuff then. And But this teacher was really lovely and she sort of let it known in the classroom, really, let it be known that that's something that Sylvie should be proud of and that she can be really sort of this thing that her dad did, write this book, is something that she doesn't have to be embarrassed by. And um, it was really sweet. And... She was on kind of cloud nine when she came home by the end of it. She's like, but dad, I've just got one question for you. Um, you're a father of two girls and I am. I'm a father of two girls, age 13 and 11. And uh, you wrote this book, Boy Swallows Universe, about two beautiful boys, Eli and Gus Bell. But why don't you write a book? You're a father of two girls. Why don't you write a book about two beautiful girls? And I was like, that was a great challenge from her, you know, and, um, and mate, then I just sort of, so it's weird in my head, this girl started to sort of, evolve in my head this molly hook who's you know it's no coincidence she's age 12 smack bang in the middle of my daughters 11 and 13 but then a deeper thing dan is that um the truth about the journey of boys swallows universe is that um my my dad my late father never got to read that book and that that man mate he um he kind of woke up every day rolled 20 cigarettes uh he slept on a high jump mattress that he got from the janitor's um shed doing community service at a school opposite my school that I went to growing up. Thankfully, it wasn't my school where he did the community service, but slept on a high jump mattress and he'd 
he'd uh, roll these cigarettes and lay them out and he'd just proceed to read books. Like he, he read as much as you mate. Like he just like, he just loved books and you know, like you liked Australian writers and, but you know, the great tragedy is that he sort of died of emphysema and he never got to read his youngest son's book and, and have see his son's book amongst like seriously in, in a bookstore, sh- you know, shelf alongside Tolkien or something, which is like, I've seen that man. I've seen that in real life and it blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like that is a, that is a deep, deeply profound kind of moment to see that. And I just wish my old man got to see that. And, and as sort of fate would have it, um, as Boy Swallows Universe was doing its thing, I would find myself traveling around Australia. I went to the Flinders Range. I went to Newcastle, beautiful Newcastle, went to the Flinders Ranges in South Australia and hiked, some, hiked the Flinders Ranges. So I slept under the stars at Uluru in a swag. Um, and then I went to a place called Groot Island on the edge of Arnhem Land um, up in the NT. And all through these places, I um, was talking to my old man up in the sky and uh, it was weird. And, uh, and I'm not saying I was talking out loud, Dan. I was just, I was just in my head, just going, Hey dad, can you believe this? Can you believe like it's, it was quite emotional sort of, I was just sort of quietly just going like, Hey dad, can you believe what happened? Like that book it's taken off dad. It's really crazy. And um, I wish you could see it. And I'd say these sort of things like that. And, and obviously the sky says nothing back, but, that didn't stop me from feeling moved. And um, I thought that was a really lovely interaction. I thought, I wonder if everyone else does that with the sky sometimes and maybe talks to people we've lost and, and maybe the sky whispers we all have. What if they're the, actually some of the most important conversations we all have? And okay, well, there's, there's this girl evolving in my head named Molly Hook. And what if her life's so hard up there in the NT, um, just, you know, in the days before the bombing of Darwin, World War II, what if her life's so tough that, her only friend is the sky. And, um, and what if the sky appreciates her loyalty so much that it starts dropping gifts literally from the sky for her? And um, what if the first sky gift was a map and the second sky gift was a friend and the third sky gift was a miracle and the fourth sky gift was the end, the end of the story. And that was a kind of mantra I kept telling myself. And uh, once, once I had who Molly was and once I had those sky gifts, I had my story Dan and um and that's where all our shimmering skies kind of came from so she's such a product of the places I have to write from I have to write from places of love and true emotion like I wrote Boy Swallows Universe from totally a place of absolute deep emotion and I have to write like that I don't write like sort of Hemingway sometimes but I do one thing I do is write with his kind of emotion that's what I I try and bring you know that that sort of just heart and soul to it and so I have to write very personally, you know, and um, it's a great question, man, because like she comes from so many deep, really important places. Welcome to Newcastle Library's Your Summer Stories. Seven sizzling reads picked especially for you. Molly has an incredible relationship with people along the way. We'll get to those people, but the sky, as you mentioned. So that that love uh, is quite incredible. Were you conscious of that being like personified, a relationship? Oh, it's so funny. I mean, people have found, even just as this book's gotten out there, it's been really wonderful to get thoughts from readers. I had a lovely reader say it reminds her, she's an actress, a, really, a trained actress, and she said, it reminded me, the sky in your book reminded me of the three witches in Macbeth. And I was like, that was so cool because the three witches in Macbeth are themselves inspired by the three fates of Greek mythology who kind of, ordain um destinies on mortal children and 
that to me, like, I don't, I mean, I don't even know I'm riffing on that when I'm writing the book or anything, but I just think that kind of storytelling is in my DNA and I'm imbuing that sky as a character almost. And, and the day sky in the book keeps telling Molly things and, but the day sky, the day sky can't be trusted. And it's, and it's really interesting. The day sky, there's this thing that happens for all of us, right? It's this beautiful illusion that at 6am every day we get to wake up and that beautiful blue sky unrolls for us and it, and it, and it helps us get along with our day, you know, because if we didn't have that beautiful illusion, um, we'd be reminded 24 seven that it's just eternal darkness right to the edge of the universe. And, um, and I started to think that's really cool that there's these two flip sides of a sky and, um, and they can almost be the two sides of a character. And, uh, and I thought that was really cool. And she, so be wary of who you befriend, you know, so she, her best friend is the sky, but what if this sky isn't always in her best interest and the night sky is the one, actually the thing that she probably fears the most is actually turns out to be maybe the better version of, of that friend and telling her the truth that she needs to know, which is be careful. She's gone on this great quest, of course, to find essentially, well, basically she's gone to find what happened to her mum. She wants to work out what the hell happened to her mum, who, who we see leaves her in that sort of early stages of the book. But the sky's almost sort of saying that the night sky is saying, hey, do you really want to find these answers? And, um, and you know, to me, I'll tell you the depth of that, Dan, I haven't really spoken about this, is I was asking similar questions like that all my life. And it was only maybe in my late 30s that I was brave enough to properly answer them, you know, which is like, why did people do certain things in my life? And, and but that those things any human does where it's like, be careful of the questions you want answered, you know, which are utterly and absolutely the truths of yourself, you know? And so it's sort of, I find that really exciting. And that's what Molly's on this quest to find. She thinks it's, it's a gold quest or it's a treasure quest. It's this sort of deeper sort of mythological quest, but it's actually a quest of answers. And I think that's really cool from a human level, you know? So, um, yeah, I love all that stuff. The sky for me had a, like a wizard of Oz personification for me, like a, something to fear, but also like there are gifts involved and there is, there is something good on the other side. It was just that weird. So I wasn't going to mention it, but seeing you'd mentioned the other Greek mythology. Oh, please. I mean, like, and okay, this is, this is why I love, you know, and, and I love your listeners. You know, anyone who's listening to this would be a, no doubt a big novel fan and you don't, you don't realize what you've done until a reader tells you, you know, and, and, and I, that was the same for Boy Swallows Universe. I was really terrified about putting some of those stories in a book, but then it was all those people who said, stop fretting because you've written about my mum and you've written about my dad and you've written about my brother and, and, and you've actually, you know, people would write to me and say things like, mate, I haven't spoken to my father in 20 years and I read your book and I called him and, and you just go, well, thank you. You know, that's like as deep and as powerful as stuff can get. And so this other reader of all Astronomy Skies, you know, massive, sends me this massive essay just on like Instagram messaging. And, uh, and she's like, I've worked it out. I've worked it out. Um, Molly's Dorothy, um, uh, Bert the Shovel's Toto and, uh, and Aubrey's the Wicked Witch of the West. And she just, she just had the whole essay in comparison to Wizard of Oz mapped out. So I love that you're dropping Oz there too, because it's again, unconsciously, I'm going, well, of course, and the silver road could be the yellow brick road. And there's all these wonderful storytelling things inside. And Wizard of Oz, of course, in, in itself is just riffing on that great Greek mythologies as well. And so it's all this sort of cyclical stuff, but, um, but the very much, you know, conscious intention, I wanted that whole book to feel like it starts off the first half quite dark and tough. And uh, I did want it halfway to feel like going from black and white Kansas into Technicolor Oz. So that's like, so I, I love that you even mentioned that, that, that the sky is that kind of wizard and it totally is. You're so right. It's a, it's a trickster. It's a trickster. And um, you know, and she doesn't know whether 
as with a lot of the characters in the story, you know, she doesn't know who's who's really got the goods that she needs, you know, and who's just fooling her. Let's talk about the relationships then and the love that develops uh, with her friends along the way. Um, it has this incredible, it's part of her journey, who whom she meets along the way. So tell us about some of the people that you bring into this story and why. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Her, so she goes on this quest. So she's, she's kind of believed she's cursed and she's, she's off to find this man named Longcoat Bob, who in her mind, she's built up as an Oz-like figure, but he's just a man. He's just a man who knows a hell of a lot of stuff. And um, along the way to meet this guy who she believes can remove this kind of family curse that's been put upon her. She's joined by these two really unlikely companions. And the first is this sort of cantankerous gin swilling um, actress named Greta, who's completely inspired when I was writing her, Dan, um, I had pictures of 1930s Hollywood starlets um, from sort of MGM era kind of Hollywood starlets up on my kind of mood wall in my writing space, um, as well as images of 1985 Madonna. So, um, so weirdly she's inspired by sort of these two kind of, you know, badass, um, take no prisoners, 1985 Madonna and kind of Kate Hepburn and Vivian Lee and all those sort of women as well. Um, and it's no wonder that Molly falls in love with Greta and just thinks she's the bee's knees. And, uh, and the cool thing about Greta is that she's an actress and, and inside Molly's duffel bag that she takes on her quest is the complete works of William Shakespeare. And, uh, and I wrote that whole book with the complete works of William Shakespeare, literally resting my left hand on it. And, uh, and at every point in that journey, in that quest, I would flip open uh, a, a piece of Shakespeare. And unbelievably, that man was so brilliant. Everything I was writing about, there was a, there was a play that related to it or a poem that related to it. And um, that was amazing. And so, so all through it, Molly keeps asking Greta to unpack these things that she's reading in Shakespeare. And of course, Greta's giving it a spin from a kind of 1940s feminist perspective, which is really cool. And um, so I really love Greta. She's really cool. And... Of course, she's going on the quest to find her own answers as well. And and then the other guy who's a real big feature for me and kind of inspired the setting, to be honest. Um, the first place I ever uh, flew to, I'd just become a journo, age 20. I hadn't flown, and that's largely because of all the reasons in Boy Swallows Universe. I got my job as a journo working for this Brisbane sort of local rag, and uh, and they sent me to Darwin. And I hopped on a plane, and Darwin just hit me on all kind of five senses and, and it hit me with everything, you know, and it's such an incredible place and literally, you know, not to harp on Oz again, it does feel like going into Oz that place. And, uh, and it's quite remarkable and it helps you tap into that sixth sense, which I talk about, which is kind of um, not, not the spooky sense, but the sense that helps us love our kids and love our parents and, and love, love our wives. It's that thing that we can't explain that inexplicable thing that, creates all the really good stuff in life. And that's what us writers are trying to find. Darwin just heaped me with that. It just hit me with all that good stuff. And uh, one thing um, from my journalistic life, I would start looking into World War II sort of Australian history up on those trips. My brother was in the army and he was based up there for a while. So I'd fly there a couple of times. And I found a story in the sort of World War II military museum up there, amazing museum up that way. And uh, it's a story of this guy named Hajimi Toyoshima. And now he was on the first bombing raid of Darwin, um, February 19, 1942. He was flying a um, zero fighter plane. His plane got shot down by the Aussie diggers on the ground. And uh, he crash landed on a place called Melville Island, which is as magical and wild a, a landscape as you can find on the tip of Australia, northern tip of Australia. Um, he hits his head on the flight controls. He wraps his head in a bandage. Um, he grabs a pistol in his right hand and then he starts wandering through that Australian wilderness aimlessly, just looking for anything, probably water. 
Um, and he comes across 10 First Nations people, uh, one of whom, a man named Matthias Ulangara, creeps up behind him and, and puts a tom- tomahawk to his head and captures him as Matthias becomes the first Australian soil to capture a Japanese soldier and as a prisoner of war. It's an incredible story. It had always blown my mind and I'd always wanted to maybe even do a piece of journalism with but But then I had this mantra, right? This first gift is a map, second gift is a friend. And I thought, hang on, hang on. What if Hajimi was the friend? And and so I, I really riffed on that one. That could be actually amazing. And what if... um. What if, you know, well, I turned him into a name, uh, a man named Yukio Miki, heavily inspired by Hajimi. But what if, uh, you know, Molly thinks and Greta thinks when they run into this guy that he's the enemy, but what if he turns out to be actually the best friend they'll ever have and um, quite the hero. And I love in any storytelling where people come across unlikely people and form the most unlikely friendships. I just love that for some reason in storytelling. And, and I really wanted to write that type of story, yeah. The three of them are very unlikely friends, but the journey <laughs> is incredible. <laughs> Why not dip your toes into your summer stories from Newcastle Libraries? Simply visit the Library Lounge on the Newcastle Libraries app or the website newcastle.nsw.gov.au slash library. So much comes at Molly. Um, Let's talk about her resilience. For you, was Molly's resilience innate or learned? Is it a combination of both? Where did it come from for her? Because she did not give up when any normal 12-year-old would have. (laughs) Oh, Dan, well, oh, man, like, I mean, not to get too deep for you and your listeners, but I'll tell you, well, you know, I can only speak truth and uh, as from a storytelling perspective, so I might as well, um, you know, tell you the proper story. And and it really did. The place I was writing from um, was a deep place and it's sort of from my 12-year-old kind of my own 12-year-old self, um, you know, just growing up on, you know, this place called Bracken Ridge in Brisbane on the northern suburbs of Brisbane, a housing commission area, you know, not to pull out the violin, but things got pretty wild some nights in that place that my brothers, I've got three older brothers, I'm the youngest of four. And uh, and I just, I would think about this in the writing of All Our Shimmering Skies. I would o- often go to, and these places are still deep in my gut, Dan, like they're not, they never leave those sort of emotions. And, uh, and I just have this distinct feeling that I used to get when, you know, some shit would go down in that house and, you know, I'm talking violent stuff and it's pretty wild, like just wild, you know, and just sort of midnight in the burbs of Australia, you know, too much drink, too much kind of pain, too much of a lot of things. And uh, my brothers would be sort of running, you'd run down this ramp at the back of this housing commission house, this concrete ramp, and then you'd jump a gate and you'd be basically out on the street. And I remember I'd be crying invariably because I was just a waterworks of a kid, They're highly emotional and I'd be probably a bit scared. And, and uh, But my older brothers, man, my older brothers would be, you know, literally 30 seconds out of that house and walking down the street telling jokes, you know, the minute they're out of that house to make young Trent not cry, you know. And uh, and that that's just a feeling that I think about. And it's a very powerful place to write from. And, and if you're infusing a kid like Molly Hook with that kind of transformation that she can do that and I find that very powerful and I, I, I admire any kid across Australia right now doing that you know and I know there's thousands of them doing that and I think it's a particularly impressive trait of Australian kids that can find that that can turn utter darkness and despair into humor and uh, I find that really beautiful and but also I just love any of those older siblings who do that for their younger siblings and uh, and so it was a very powerful place to 
fill Molly with some true sort of feelings. And, um, and so that's where she gets that utter resilience. And I, and you know, even my wife just goes, Oh man, do you have to put so much on her? Like make her go through so much. (laughs) And, and honestly, I will tell listeners, like, it's like, if you are reading it now, like just hang in there, I promise because the light is coming and, and, but, and, you know, and I, and if it does get dark, it's it's me honouring all those kids across Australia right now dealing with the darkness because that's something I've seen not just in, you know, in my times in, in real life, but I mean in, in my journo life as well. I mean, I would go, all I've done for 20 years as a journo is knock on doors and go into back rooms and try and talk to people about their own darkness and stuff. And a lot of those times I'd be running into kids who were dealing with far worse than anything Molly's ever dealt with. So all me for that matter, definitely. But, um, you know, so it's sort of, I can't not write about that. You know, I have to put that stuff in there in order, in order to, as, um, as our man Hemingway would say, you know, to feel the sun rise that much brighter. And, um, and, you know, so it's sort of, it's that, yeah, you know, all through it, you know, a lot of my late kind of this year, I've been saying to myself this line, my brother actually sent me of Hemingway's, which is life will eventually break all of us. Those it doesn't break, it kills. And we must try to be strong at the broken places. And that's all Molly's trying to do, man. She's just trying to be strong at the broken places because, because if she doesn't, if she doesn't yield to those broken places and, and find her resilience, then life will kill her, you know? And so it's sort of like, yeah, I, it's just, it's just me trying to go, look guys, Rita, it's going to get dark, 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 but man, you wait. And I hopefully by the end, you know, and I love the ending of that book because it's so, you know, not, there's no spoilers, I hope, but there's so much light in it. And I just, I'm, I'm very proud of that Molly got to it. Well, I won't, I won't spoil. I'm, I'm, I'm dangerous. I'm getting in close, close to it, but I'm proud that she stays long enough to maybe get a glimpse of it, you know, and I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Create your own summer stories with Newcastle Libraries through our incredible collections, e-learning resources and summer programs. Find out more at the Newcastle Libraries app or website. She's a great girl. Um, have your daughters given her the thumbs up? Oh, man, they absolutely have. They they need to... Okay, so here's the thing. I, they are... That's the book that they can read. So yes. my niece read Boyswell's Universe at 14, right? And she, and I said, would you recommend that to other kids? And she goes, hell yeah. Like, like an advanced reader could easily read that at 14. And I think my eldest daughters are almost ready for all our skies. And even, even my youngest, because there's just a couple of dark moments. There's maybe one C-bomb, but, you know, Boxwell's universe is just riddled with, like, C-bombs and stuff. So it was sort of, yeah, they can't, you know, and I can't wait. I can't wait for them to dive in. You know what I'd love for them to do, actually? There's an amazing audio book that Ruby Reese, this amazing actress, did. And she's, like, she's a really talented audio reader, audio book reader. And she gave it almost like it's like, it's like, hearing that book told by a um, 20 year old Kate Blanchett, man, it's like, it's quite a thing. And I am looking forward to maybe over summer, I might whack it on in the car and just sort of let Molly be told by her and kind of let the girls soak it in that way, I think. And I can't wait, man. Yeah. That's going to be very special. Trent, congratulations on all our shimmering skies. I think I like it more than boy swallows universe. Boom. Whoa. (laughs) Then that's like the ultimate compliment, man, because you know, it's really nice to hear. And that's not, you know, you, don't set out to write something like that and i love the fact that molly and eli would be great friends i have no doubt about it but um but you know this story is very special to me and i personally do i feel the same way i think it's a better story than boy swallows universe you know what i mean if that makes sense it's got it's got more story in a classic sort of storytelling sense so it really means the world to me that you say that man thank you trent dalton thanks for being part of the podcast What a pleasure, Dan. Thanks for doing it, mate. Thanks for listening to Your Summer Stories from Newcastle Libraries. 
Why not take a dip and a sip, then rate and review us wherever you listen. This has been a Newcastle Libraries Real Production. 